Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a football Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of your morning on this busy, busy two hours of a sports talk conversation. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list, we're going to start with a couple of the uh, regional NFL teams. 10-15, Jeff Hughes on DeBears and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Dave Sinekin, the headcheese.com. Maybe the game of the week, the Green Bay Packers and the Buccaneers will uh, go at it 325 uh, in Tampa Bay. Dave Sinekin will opine on the Packers coming off of their bye week. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com on the Hawks, the calm before the storm with Iowa. Uh, we'll go uh, football and basketball with Tom. Mitch Holtis is in his normal spot. Chiefs don't play until Monday night, but Fridays are good for Mitch, so we'll talk to Mitch about the Chiefs. We'll pick up Le'Veon Bell before they head to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Bama Bob, Trent, and I go around college football to start our number two. Dave Sproul on Iowa State. I think we'll focus mostly on basketball with Dave as the Cyclones are off the calm before the storm with them, as well as seemingly the Oklahoma State-Iowa State winner will... Okay, maybe not punch their ticket. No, no, no. To Slow the down. Big Twelve Slow championship, down. but certainly be in a pretty good spot uh, as far as controlling their own destiny. Uh, then we've got Claxons, as we do every Friday. We'll give four of our listeners an opportunity to win thirty-five dollars if you win the contest worth of barbecue from Claxons. The runner-up will get twenty-five, uh, and our picks will embarrass ourselves about eleven fifty or thereabouts. Or at least one of us will. Seemingly, every I was going to say I'm at fifty-eight percent on the year. You are have to a good start. You are off to a good start. Anyways, um, Tampa Bay was off to a good start. Now all of a sudden we've got a series here. The Dodgers are on the precipice, on the cusp of yet another disappointing end to their season. The Sun Belt Great again. is the new action. It's better than. It, you know what, Trent? It's entertaining football. It is. A ton of points scored again last night and uh, you know, we didn't know much about the teams uh, coming into it and thought, yeah, it was a tight point spread. Maybe we'll get a good game. And we got a really good game, a really fun game. Um, I, so I looked ahead at the schedule because I wanted to see, are we going to be, you know, um, lucky enough to get Tuesday, Wednesday college football games mm-hmm. from here till the end of the season, right? Till championship. What do you got for us? Not the case. No? Thanks. The week before Thanksgiving brings an end to Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Okay. Which surprises me. And I wonder uh, if the Sun Belt, seeing the success and the numbers that they're putting up, might um, think twice about, you know what, we'll take a couple of... Because look, at it, it's, the, it's, it's the Sun Belt that they play in. Right. I get why the Mac would want to stay away from Tuesday-Wednesday games in early December at night. But maybe the Sun Belt uh, will... Um, you know, have a change of heart and move some of those games because they get eyeballs on them, right? Because here's the thing, and I don't know if you've thought this far ahead, uh, because we're relishing and we are just rolling around in the excess of sports right now. Once, once we get to that point, 
you know, you're going to have essentially there's going to be no NBA, there's going to be no college basketball. Uh, you know what? There That's will not be. true. There will be. Yep. There will be a few games that uh, that will be played. So maybe it's not as gloomy and doomy as I thought. Yeah. Well, college basketball will be back that Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving right? is yep. when they can start the season. So, but we're not going to have the locales of Maui right. and the Bahamas. We'll have. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Manhattan, Kansas. Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln, Nebraska. A, a paradise of lovers' dreams. Yeah. And beautiful Oof. Manhattan. That's what we're going to have, but we're still going to have games, and that's yeah. the most important. Okay, good. Uh, they won't be wearing lays, but they'll still be calling games, and they'll be good games. Uh, and you'll be calling a game tonight. You're at Bondurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, heading out to Bondurant. They'll be hosting ADM, so should be a pretty good one in the opening round of the Class 3A playoffs. Now, this opening round... It'll dwindle down to 32 teams next Friday night, and then 16 after that. They'll rebracket and go from there. But uh, first time out to Bondurant, I don't think I have been out there. Since they built the new stadium? I don't believe so. In fact, this might be my first time. I know I've done volleyball there for Mediacom a few mm-hmm. times. I've done a basketball game and a wrestling meet there, but I've never done a football game from Bondurant Farrar. So excited to do that. It'll be a chilly one, but myself and Adam Benz will be bundled up and bringing you the game. You can hear the replay right here. 10.30 tonight, a little bit earlier, as the boys will be off with a limited number of games this week. So, And the boys you're referring to, Josh Loffelholz, Joe Stacy, and company on Football Friday Night, so they've got a little bit of a scale back. Yeah. That's just, good for them. That's, you're right. It's the right, to, it's the right week to, uh, to bail at 10.30. Let's you on the air a little bit earlier. Um some some Hawkeye media news that's kind of reverberating a little bit. Um, you know, within the last what Trent, within to, to 2020, we've lost three of our voices. Yes, Alex Halstead and Dylan Montz were our go to Iowa State guys. They mm-hmm. both decided to leave their um, the Iowa State beat behind. And Mark Morehouse calling it a career uh, with the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Him and Scott Dockerman will record their final on Iowa podcast today. And uh, a staple for, what did I see, 12-plus years these guys have been recording that podcast? Oh, really? Has it been that long? That's what I'm sure that, uh, was it 10 or 12? I thought it was 10. It might have been 10 years. Uh, But Doc and and, uh, Mark Morehouse have been recording that, and they will bring that to an end here today, their final recording. Uh, So good for Mark Morehouse. I'm not sure what he's going to be doing, but apparently he's leaving the Iowa beat. Um, So we'll lose three of our voices. Is it us? I, I don't I think don't it's think us. It's I, I don't think it's us. But, you know, for Mark, I've known Mark now for a really long time. Uh, years ago, we did a morning hit for a half hour every day during football season, and we'll call it Mornings with Morehouse, and mm-hmm. we'd just go around. And, and that's where I got to learn more about his personality. You know, when you first start and you get to talk to these beat guys, it's a lot, all right, just talk about the news. But when you have those expanded yeah. segments, you can open things up, start to learn his love of hockey, his love of beer. His personality also opened up a little it's bit a more. different bird. He was very incredibly dry initially. Yeah. And in fact, my wife always called him Mark Borhouse initially. Oh, did she really? Yes. She was not a big fan. No, I never would have. I mean, he's never been that with us. I've but, always been. But that was a long time ago. Okay. You know, we're talking 2009, yeah. 2010 era. And then he started to open up, and she started to like those segments in our drive-in every morning, and, and I like them too, and getting to know Mark a little bit more. Different kind of writer. Yeah. He, he very much, it's not your cookie-cutter type of guy. No, he's very talented. Yes, I, I completely agree with you. Does it a different way, mm-hmm. but hey, um, another lost one there. Yeah, I'm with you. That's a really big job, to be the Iowa football reporter at the Cedar Rapids Gazette. So I wonder what they'll end up doing. Do you go in-house? 
I mean, how, how, how much can they stretch a loss? Right. He's they, a columnist. Because Ben Visser does the Iowa State beat. Mm-hmm. You have, who's just a correspondent, Colbert, who does the UNI stuff for them. Okay. You know, do one of those guys. Hey, I, go would, in, I bet, bet he gets an opportunity for Go more into a yeah. full-time role. Do you go with a younger guy like that? Do you look at one of the websites, maybe, and one of the young guys there? Oh, you bowling know? camp. Bowling camp. There's a guy, certainly, that has the experience and the pedigree behind it, too. Sure, there's going to be a lot of people you know what applying I think for they that do, job. Though, Trent? And I think that this would be the right move, and no offense to John, I think they go young. Yeah. I think you do. I think you go young. I think it's time to bring in some new blood, mm-hmm. as I sit here at 62 years old in this chair, <laughs> hoping that it doesn't happen to me anytime soon. But <laughs> not, knowing not the writing you. is on the wall. Not for you. <laughs> but, you know, David Eicholt, who's done a really nice job. I, He's I think, the scout. Was it still 24 7? 24-7 is called yep. now, right? Yep. He's done a really nice job over mm-hmm. there. You wonder if he would be somebody that, that would they'd look. But regardless of that, uh, certainly a blow, I, I believe, to yeah. Iowa media. And to our show. Yeah, no doubt. Mark was, Mark was good. I loved our conversations mm-hmm. with Mark. You'd, uh, I'd give you the look like I'm going to do a little tiny little bit of hockey, Trent. Is and I'd okay? roll my eyes. <laughs> All right, get it over with. <laughs> and we talk a little puck. Anyways, we'll talk a lot of sports and let's get to it. But hats off to you, Mark Morehouse. Uh, and best of luck. Hopefully we'll get him on at some point next week. Try to this week. I just had too many uh, balls in the air uh, just to, you know, I'd like to talk to him one more time. Yeah. I really would. But some of his memories of covering the Iowa football program. Um, Baseball last night. We won't have a lot of time to talk baseball in a football-dominated show on a Friday. So let's, I guess, let's start there. Uh, Hats off to the Braves. Uh, That was a really good performance. And Carlos Correa calling game. Boy, oh, boy, he's a playoff player. He Mm. is so clutch. And I don't know how much you saw of it, but Altuve... Trent, there's going to come a time, and we said the other day, and we were wrong, that if it was us, if I was Dusty Baker, he would have been the DH because yep. he's hitting the crap out of baseball. Got to keep him in the lineup. You have to keep him yep. in the lineup, and you're, you can do that, obviously, in the DH spot. But can you trust him at second base? And they did. And last night, as they went back to him again at second base, I mean, he has trouble. He is not a – if the ball is hit to him, it is not a, not an automatic out. That This is an easy throw. I mean, second baseman make this 99.9% of the time. Well, he bounced a couple of them to first base last night. If it's late in the game, you're protecting a league, mm-hmm. or you want to be, you're only down a run or whatever, even though he's got a big bat – that's going to be a tough decision for the skipper, I would think, because and especially you can't if he's trust him. Coming up the next inning, it's a tie game. It's three three. Yes, and it's the eighth inning, and you got a ground ball pitcher maybe coming in, something mm-hmm. like that. Do we trust him, or even a runner's on second base? There's two outs, but still, well, a ground out. Of course, yep. he's out, but a ground out, and you throw it away. That lead it. run scores. Yep. You could look at something in inning. Or even the decisions made by Dusty to pull him out. It's got to be weighing on him. It has to be yeah. weighing on Dusty when you pull it. He's kept him up. Altuve is just knocking the crap out of the ball, mm-hmm. but it lingers. It sits there. That was a really fun game. I got into yeah, it a little bit later. I'm with you. Choice uh, home run. and it, Boy, did he crush that. And that bat flip. That was outstanding. And just, there's something about this race team. They're fun. They're they're a fun well, group of guys. You know what it is, I think, Trent, in a lot of corners here, I mean, yours and mine included, we're finding out about yeah. this team for the first time. They might have been fun all year. We didn't know. <laughs> True. Right? I mean, it's tough to turn on the Tampa Rays. It's just, 
you're going to find something else, especially in the market where these uh, uh, the needle movers that we have, both central divisions. So we've got a couple of games tonight. The early game, 5-0-7. Valdez against Blake Schnell got hit around. And then I don't know who's pitching for Atlanta. I think uh, the Dodgers are trotting May out. Okay. I think. How about Wilson last night? Bryce Wilson. He was really yeah, good for the Braves. He was. They were, I think, going in. It's what they need is more youngsters. Can you get three innings out of him? You know, something like yeah. that in... At least at bay against Kershaw. He outpitched Kershaw and he it wasn't did. close. And Trent, look who's tagged for another loss in the postseason. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw. It's real. It is. It's real. His his lack of playoff clutchness, which is hard to believe because this is a guy that has dominated his position. And when he retires and when the eligibility period is exhausted, he's going to Cooperstown. Uh, one more on the American League for our betting friends out there. Yes. When it was 3-0. Mm-hmm. You could have got the uh, Astros at eighteen to one to win the series, win four straight. Yesterday, nine to one. Today, what is it? Plus three sixty. Basically, getting cut in half Lost every single time. I, and I thought about it yesterday when I saw it was nine to one. Is it? What worth? are the Dodgers right now to win the series? Plus three thirty. That's not enough. Three straight. It makes that's more not sense enough to just parlay yes. money line the next three games. If you believe that's going to happen, you're going to end up making more. So if you you're going to put a hundred bucks on it, well, of course Just roll it would it over. I'm with three thirty. Yep. Instead, take that hundred dollars, bet them on money line today. Mm-hmm. You get to game. Well, it'd be game six, money line again. Mm-hmm. Game seven, money line again, and ultimately you'll make more than that plus three thirty. Little gambling advice for people going into the weekend yep. here on a Friday. How how deep into these series do we go? Is it over tonight? Well, I hope not. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say that because how much baseball are we going to watch this weekend, right? With especially tomorrow. God, I love Saturdays. Um, I don't. Uh, I no. I hope not. Yeah. What do you What do you think? I think the I think the Strohs are live. Yeah, after what we've seen, I mean, the, you got to Trent. They're going to be a tough out. This is a champion. Say what you want about them. I don't know. We're going to get another game at least in each series. I believe, you, I believe we will, too. But boy, oh boy, it's going to be tough to watch tomorrow. Uh, apparently, by the way, speaking of tomorrow, apparently Nick Saban's going to be on the sideline tomorrow. You told me that when Desmond I came in this Howard morning. Desmond Howard tweeted that. That is crazy. Well, I'm with you. He's asymptomatic. Yeah. I understand that. Has he had back-to-back but, negative tests? Uh, that wasn't part of the tweet. That's I don't know Not the what answer. the CDC says. Right. Well, those are, on, those on, are they going to give him one of those... Have you seen these like plastic shields that you can put around basically your whole body? They're going to give him one of those things so we can tool around in that. Are they going to give him the Hugh Freeze treatment? They'll put him up in, in a bed, up in the press box. <laughs> now that's the treatment I hope he gets. Yeah, I seeing him up there. If he's going to be, if he's going to be at the stadium, Trent, I, I'm with you. That's actually a really good idea. You know, put him in somebody's suite or yes. some way by himself. Give him a headset. Give him a way to communicate. Mm-hmm. If the Hugh Freeze, that's a great play. <laughs> Because what was he you in, like a dentist him. chair or something? It some was a dentist thing? chair. And then he moved up from the dentist chair into... Two years ago? Yeah, because he had the back surgery. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Hugh Freeze will be coming up a little bit later in the program today. Oh, yeah. we have an opinion, do we? We do, we do. Did you, uh, do you like the Slater games this week? I had a lot on my list because mm-hmm. I didn't love... You know, it's pretty easy. All right, we're going to pick five games here. 
I do a contest where I pick five games every week, kind of narrow it down to seven or eight. That list was a lot longer because I don't love a lot. I, don't I like a lot. I don't love a lot this weekend. Well, I'll tell you what. I when we get to the when we get to the as I talked yesterday, I don't get the Rams are only three over the Niners. I don't get the fact trap. that the Chiefs it's just it right. So this is going to be a. a a pros versus Joes. And what I mean by that, the pros will be all over the San Francisco 49ers. They'll be all over the Buffalo Bills on Monday night. Meanwhile, the Joes, which are the, you know, the casual betters, that's how they're referred to in Vegas. Pros versus Joes. If you see that in a tweet, that's what it means. The Joes take the Joe. I'm a Joe this weekend. Not that I'm a pro any other week, but I'm going to be on the side. Because it just seems too easy. It seemed too easy on Tuesday night, if we think back to Tuesday night. For crying out loud, Tennessee hasn't practiced in three weeks. How can they possibly be in this football game? Well, we both saw with our own two eyes what happened. Anyways, let's uh, move on. Our pick's coming up about 11.50. Your pick's to win barbecue about 11.45. We're going to do back-to-back hits here before we get to our uh, $1,000 giveaway. We're going to do the Bears first with Jeff Hughes, and then Dave Sinekin, who covers the Packers, theheadcheese.com, will get him. Jeff Hughes, he joins the program, thebearsblog.com. Jeff, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Jeff Hughes, good to speak with you. It's been a while. We haven't spoke with you uh, before you called the shot. You thought the Bears would be Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. They did. I thought you were crazy when you made that pick, but you were right. And here sits this team now at 4-1. and one. From what you know, Jeff, uh, how how serious were they on Le'Veon Bell? Let's start there. It sounds not not particularly serious. I know they kicked the tires on it. I know they were actually involved in some trade talks with the Jets prior to him being released, but nobody could take on that salary. Uh, listen, the Bears are steadfast. They like the people in that building right now. They like who they've got on offense. I think they're making a mistake. But I don't think Bell would have chosen the Bears over the Chiefs anyway. Yeah, I mean, with you, it probably makes more sense, right? Mike yeah. Davis, uh, who they'll see this weekend, he was on the roster a year ago. Right. And taking over that Christian McCaffrey role, it's been pretty good. Swinging a miss out of pace and company, letting him go because he's looked like a really good back the last three weeks. You could call it a swing and a miss. Uh, you know, I'm just not sure anybody could have thrived in that role last year in Chicago with the offensive line play and the quarterback play. Yeah. So Mike Davis really didn't have an opportunity to do the things he's doing now in Carolina. It was a very interesting, well-run offense. They spread it out. They get the ball to a lot of people. But sort of the gas in the tank for that offense right now is Mike Davis. And I think more than anything else, it, it almost undervalues or devalues yeah. Christian McCaffrey because mm-hmm. you're seeing – that you, you, know, you don't take a steep drop-off when you go from a McCaffrey to a Davis. And that has to be somewhat surprising to the Panthers who paid McCaffrey's fortune. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, when, and wasn't it Richard Sherman this week that came out, and he wasn't taking a shot at Christian McCaffrey. He just said that the ta- Carolina is easy, easier to prepare for with McCaffrey in the lineup because you know he's going to be the guy that you know, does the, gets the majority of carries. When he's not in the lineup, it's a different football team. Therefore, uh, your preparation isn't as solely focused on one guy. I think Richard Sherman made a good point. Yeah, and, and I've, I watched all those Panthers games this week, and, and I kind of like what they are without McCaffrey. They spread the ball around nicely. I call them the 10, 11, 12. They've got uh, Samuel. They've got Robbie Anderson. They've got DJ Moore. They've got a lot of speed and talent on the outside. And Teddy's a quick thinker, and he's a smart quarterback, and he's getting the ball to his receivers when he needs to. So I actually think their offense has been far more interesting and dynamic since McCaffrey went down. 
They uh, take on the Bears this weekend, an important one. Feels like in the hierarchy of the NFC, maybe for one of the wild card bursts. Mm-hmm. Certainly, would rather be in that five spot as opposed to the seven. And uh, what you're going to have to face in the opening round. When you look at this matchup, what concerns you, and what do you like on the other side? What gives you confidence with the Bears this weekend? I, I find it hard to believe that the Panthers' offensive line is going to block this edge rush for the Bears. So I think it's going to be a lot of quick throws from Teddy, a lot of slants, a lot of screens. What the Bears have been forcing opponents to do all year, which is if you want to score touchdowns, it's going to take you 10 or 11 plays, and you're not going to be allowed to make mistakes. We've seen against this Bears team a holding penalty can derail your entire drive mm-hmm. against this defense. They make you play an almost perfect drive to score. On the other side of the ball, listen, I, I think we just have to get used to here going forward. We don't know what this offense is going to be week in and week out because, again, the quarterback is simply learning on the job. But I think he'll improve each week. Uh, I think they'll play better offensively this week. And the way this Panthers uh, defense is built is they're only going to come at you with four guys up front. They're going to sit back in coverage and try to close on the football. They give you chances to make plays over the top, but you've got to hit them. Hmm. Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Hughes, BearsBlog.com. Since you watched the Carolina games, I got a soft spot for Teddy Bridgewater, what he went through. That injury could have been so, it was devastating. Uh, but he's made it back, and you, you, you kind of root for a guy like that. So what do you see in Teddy Bridgewater when you watch Carolina? Is he the same guy that he was in Minnesota, or is he a different quarterback? It's very similar. You know, he, looks, he, he plays the position with, with a, a ton of intelligence. And with, with Teddy, it's very simple. He's going to take one or two shots a game. With Robbie Anderson, he has the guy to take the shots to. But with him, it's all about quick decision-making. He's going to take the snap, and that ball's coming out quickly. And most of the times, it's either going to be caught about seven yards from the line of scrimmage by a receiver, or it's going to be caught by nobody. He does not throw a lot of balls that the defense can make a play on. By the same token, when you, when you play the quarterback position that way, there's a lack of explosiveness. and He's not an explosive player. But they're showing week in and week out that they don't need that because they have so much explosiveness on the outside. Those three guys I mentioned before, Samuel Moore and Robbie Anderson, they can all score on any slant throw. That's where they're built, and he's, the, he's a proper quarterback for what they have constructed on offense. Uh, do they move to 5-1 and one this week? I think they do. You know, I, I think this is another favorable matchup for the Bears, where the Bears are going to fall in some trouble defensively is when they meet an Aaron Rodgers, a guy who can get the ball out of his hands quickly 30 yards down the field in a blink. I don't see how the Teddy Bridgewater style, these short throws, the dink and dunk, I just don't see how that holds up against the Bears' defense. It didn't hold up for the Colts. It didn't hold up for the Bucks. The Bears' defense is getting better, I think, each week. I think they're going to have a very big game Sunday, and if the offense can get this thing into the 20s, 20 points should win this game. We will talk to you on Monday, a week from Monday, as they will head to Los Angeles, Monday Night Football Bears-Ram. Jeff Hughes, com. Jeff, thank you. Appreciate it. Hope to talk to you a week from Monday. All right, take care, guys. Good to talk to you. From the Bears to the Packers, he's Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. Game of the week, uh, Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa uh, will be at home. Dave Sinekin is with us. Dave, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Before we get into that game, you live in the Twin Cities. Kind of give me uh, the lay of the land as far as sports talk on Monday morning after Zimmer, who I think did the right thing. Uh, but did Vikings fans, did they have another opinion on how the end of that game should have uh, uh, played out in Seattle last Sunday night? Yeah, morning, guys. You know, I, I get a sense it's really split down the middle. I don't think you can really blame Zimmer for the decision he made. I think it's 
one of those things with the analytics basically said it was a wash, whichever way you go. I get the sense, actually, there was more of a, a sense of hope from Viking fans that you know the defense is actually starting to look like it's figuring things out, or at least Zimmer's figuring out how to work his pieces uh, the right way. Now, they've never had success in Seattle. They've never beaten Russell Wilson in Seattle. And the fact that now they control that game statistically, you know, down the line, you know, from time of possession to plays run to, to everything. So I feel like it almost gave them a sense of hope, which is the last thing they really want, because I think they were all prepared to believe that you know, it's a lost season and, uh, you know, we'll start over. But uh, I don't know. I kind of I sense that there's a little bit more optimism, even though they're dealing with the news that Daniel Hunter likely, you know, may not play this season. Dalvin Cook will not play this week. There's a lot of negativity around there, but I don't know. I got a sense that they were on board with the decision for the most part and uh, kind of hopeful that this thing might turn around a bit. So uh, bye week for the Packers last week and now getting ready for this big matchup with Tampa. What was the calling card? What was talked about in this bye week the most as they uh, get a little time to heal up? Well, I think it was looking back at last year's bye week. You know, looking at all the years of Mike McCarthy, he was very good coming out of the bye. The Packers always seemed to perform well the week after the bye. In Matt LaFleur's first season, that was the trip to San Francisco after the bye where Green Bay got annihilated. So I think, you know, looking at practices, how they treated last year, how they're looking at this year, and and I know as Packer fans, you know, everyone's just trying to see, all right, how do they respond coming out of the bye versus what happened last year. But a lot of it is injuries, as you guys talked about. Uh, Trent, as you mentioned, you know, getting Kenny Clark and Devontae Adams back. Huge. really been out since week one. You know, you could argue two of the five best, most important players on the Mm team uh, will return for Sunday's game, and that's obviously a a huge shot in the arm for a team to a really nice start. Yeah, indeed it is. Uh, So what about Jair Alexander, who is is on his way to becoming a shutdown corner, in my opinion? Every time I watch him, I'm impressed by him. He doesn't shy away from contact, which is great to see. Um, His status for Sunday against Tampa Bay, because, you know, Tom Brady's going to look to throw the football. Yeah, he is a shutdown corner, Ken. There's no question. He's reached that that elite level of cornerback in the NFL. Anybody who watches uh, this league closely and, and looks at what he's done to opposing receivers, uh, I think believe that uh, he should be fine. It's the other cornerback slot that's a real concern, and that's Kevin King, who has not mm. practiced yet this week. I'm waiting to hear whether he practices today. He's dealing with a quad injury from the previous game. With his size at like six two, he's likely going to get Mike Evans, and uh, mm. if he's not there, that's a big concern for Green Bay because uh, they don't have a Tremont Williams back this year to slide over. Their next best corner, Shannon Sullivan's more of a slot guy. I don't see him moving to the outside. Jair is not tall enough. He'll likely get Chris Godwin and make him irrelevant on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm concerned that Mike Evans might have a big day if Kevin King can't go. And that's been the problem with King's reign in uh, in Green Bay. I tell you what, guys, we'd, we'd love to see Josh Jackson finally show up. They, yeah. they put him out there last game, and uh, he was good for a few quarters, and he got absolutely torched in the fourth quarter. And it's sort of been the story of his career. This is a big opportunity for him if King doesn't play and and um, if he doesn't, and Jackson's out there against Evans, well, that's going to be the matchup to watch on Sunday. Second-round pick for Jackson? Was that what he was? I yeah. Think Correct. Was. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Dave, by, or excuse me, trade deadline right around the corner here for us. When you look at that, it's not the MLB trade deadline, the NBA work. Better than it used to be, though. Yeah, it is. We've, we've seen a little bit more. Has there been any rumblings at all about the Packers potentially at least looking to do something in that market? 
I haven't heard anything from the guys that cover Green Bay. Uh, I hear things nationally. You know, you look at receivers that might be sitting out there. Kenny Stills has been a popular name mm-hmm. for a long time since Houston loaded up a wide receiver in the offseason. But I just don't get the sense that, that they're looking to go that route. If, if, if they look anywhere to me, I still think inside linebacker, if they see a guy out there, they're so thin there experience-wise. They do get Kamal Martin, the former gopher, back on the practice field after tearing his meniscus. He was in line to start before the season started, but they really are happy with the play of undrafted rookie Chris Barnes. But there's just very little depth and experience at inside linebacker. So if I'm Gutekunst, I'm sniffing around at, at veterans that might be available to fortify the, the middle of the Packers' defense. You know, guys, I'm still bemoaning passing on Patrick Queen. In, in the first round, I talk about it all the time. He's just a stud with the Ravens, and that's a real problem spot for Green Bay's defense. Otherwise, no, I just I look at Gutekunst's track record and, and Ted Thompson before him, who he trained under. Uh, they don't do it a lot, but I, I certainly hope that they're going to keep their eyes open. And for me, it's defense uh, first and foremost. If they're going to fortify anywhere, it should be up front in the front seven, either at the D-line or at that inside linebacker spot. You know, this weekend, obviously this is a tough game at Tampa Bay, but then at Houston, Vikings, at Niners, Jags, uh, at Colts, before you play the Bears on Thanksgiving, uh, Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend at night on NBC. Uh, you can get back on a run here. If this doesn't go their way, there's an opportunity to uh, put together another string, another string of victories here, Dave. Yeah, it's really interesting. When the schedule came out, I looked at the second quarter starting this weekend, next four games, with three road games in Tampa, Houston, and San Francisco, and a home game with the Vikes, and thought, this is the death march Mm -hmm. for Green Bay. They better get out to a fast start because things might get ugly. But obviously, a number of those teams have really struggled, and it doesn't look as daunting. Uh, This, to me, looks like the toughest test in the next four weeks, and they're dealing with serious issues on the defensive side of the ball, losing their best run stopper in Vita Vea. Uh, their best, one of their best corners is likely to miss this game. Their top safety, so Green Bay might might be getting Tampa at a decent time. Though they've also had an extra time to prepare, and they're coming off a, a tough loss to Chicago. They'll be focused and ready. Yep. But yeah, I, guys, it's crazy how things change. There's an opportunity here if Green Bay can get past Tampa and then head down to a Houston team that that looks like it's rebounding. But man, it, there's an opportunity to be at seven and two, eight and one. Uh, over the next four or five weeks and really give themselves a good shot at earning that top seed in the conference. No doubt about it. When will your blog be up at theheadcheese.com? Just going to wait for the uh, injury report. I, yep. I feel like there's some important information on both sides, especially it's secondary for both teams. Um, I'm, I expect this to be a really close game. and uh, I've been sort of the Nancy Downer for Green Bay mm. on some of these picks, and, and right now I am leading Tampa Bay. I just think that coming off the bye, the, the momentum Green Bay had has been slowed a little bit. And uh, I, I'm worried about the hot uh, afternoon sun. Green Bay will be in the dark green jerseys, Tampa Bay mm. with the white, uh, which obviously makes sense. But Brady, Rodgers, uh, probably for the last time, it's, uh, Sunday 325 cannot come soon enough. It's going to be a wonderful football game. Fingers crossed. Dave Sinek and theheadcheese.com. Dave, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Have a great weekend, guys. You do the same. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com, as we take a look at both Bears and the Packers. Mitch Holtis on the Chiefs in 20 minutes. It's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword CASH to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000 cash. That's CASH to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Tom Kaker will catch up on him. Calm before the storm. Uh, on the Hawkeyes when Miller and Condon continue. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 101. Insurance Company and Affiliates. They're looking for their...
Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Take you until noon. Another keyword in the uh, next hour of the program. Give you an opportunity to win some Claxton's Barbecue as well. Let's talk Hawks, shall we? Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Uh, we are a week and a day who's counting away from the Big Ten resuming play. Well, actually, it's a week from today. There's one game, right? Illinois-Wisconsin. Illinois-Wisconsin. Go Illini! I'll be glued to that one as Something most Tom's probably will. never said before over in the Quad Cities. <laughs> Hello, Tom Caker. How are you? Every once in a while, you gotta you gotta just hold your nose, swallow hard, right? Yeah. Take your medicine, yeah. and absolutely, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. We did, you know, there were more times uh, than I care to remember that we thought yeah. maybe that day would never come yep. this year that we'd have Big Ten football, but we're almost there. Yeah, indeed, Tom. I wonder if they'll have regret uh, by not starting this weekend. When when they look back and seeing what's going on, I mean, the Colts have an issue now. There's a bunch of NFL teams that have gone through this, a ton of college teams, as you know, more cancellations. There's no wiggle room for the Big Ten if they want to complete the schedule, get all eight games in before the uh, everybody collides on December the 19th when you're matched up with your uh, likewise record in the, other, uh, in the other division. I wonder if they'll have some regret tom yeah i do too they took away that that last bit of wiggle room but i think what was overwhelming to me at least talking to some people was that the, they were concerned that guys just haven't trained mm-hmm. and that they were gonna be put out there and there's that risk as well and they wanted to give them an extra week to kind of get fit and ready and and uh and set to actually play football uh, given that yep. basically no one had spring football in the Big Ten. Tom, one of your uh, favorite articles, you do a weekly, your 3-2-1 article, and going through it, the buzz uh, from a week ago, you guys had an opportunity to talk to a bunch of players, but hearing yeah. it from Spencer Petras, Iowa has had so much success with first-year starting quarterbacks. Iowa has, this guy's been the heir apparent. He has been the guy since he walked on campus that was going to take over for Nate Stanley. But there's also the side where, it doesn't work. For one reason or another, it's no sure thing. What's the backup plan? If something goes awry with Petrus and for whatever reason he's not ready, I know Padilla's still there, Deuce Hogan now on campus, what would be the backup plan at quarterback if Petrus just doesn't have it for whatever reason? Or gets his clock Injury. clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or gets his clock, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't say that too loudly. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, if you, get, you know, that is a possibility. Uh, but, the thing I took away the other day listening to Brian Ferentz was uh, I think they've grown with their affection for Alex Padilla, and I mm. think they feel a lot more comfortable with him than they did maybe a year ago, which is natural. He's been in the program for a little bit longer. Um, you know, arm strength has come along a little bit better. Uh, so I think just based on his comments, you just read between the lines, their faith in him has, has grown exponentially uh, since the start of camp. 
Tom, there's always one game on the slate that uh, you just look at. Well, I was going to crush this team. Yeah, it's going to be. T- they'll have. They're in tough against blah blah blah. Whether this this year that's Penn State or um, uh, who knows who is Wisconsin clearly. But there's always one of these games that you think that that you go ahead and put that one in the win column when the schedule first comes out. That's a little trickier. That sometimes most times goes their way, but it's harder than you think. What's that game this year? Good question. Um, uh, I would say maybe week two, just based on that Northwestern, early line. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think people are just, uh, but I think more, most Iowa fans know that Northwestern is not easy because they've gotten in Iowa right. so many times over the years with Fitz as the head coach. So I don't know why any Iowa fan would sleep on it, but um, you get scared of Illinois now. Well, they had, after last year, maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they certainly get your attention, right? Yeah, maybe you don't sleep on them. I know it, uh, that early line was like 13 and a half down there. Um, you know, the crowd won't be any different than it usually is, right. which is no fan. Right. You know, there's basically no one that goes to the games yeah. down there anyway. So, uh, But the last two times they've been down there, Iowa has outscored Illinois 91 to nothing. Jeez. So, Jeez. <laughs> so, Iowa should feel pretty confident going down to Champaign. But having said that, Lovey's got some dudes down there now. Mm-hmm. Got some players. I, I think Iowa's a lot better than Michigan State. I think they're going to club them. But yeah. it wouldn't also right. be surprised if all of a sudden this thing's 10-9 in the fourth quarter. Mm. And it's a windy day and it's ugly out there. And you know they get a late field goal or something to beat the Hawks. But that aside, I want to get a little basketball here in our remaining couple of minutes. The basketball team out on the floor saw the video, saw Fran with his face shield, coaching the team up, and uh, all the guys out there working out with their mask on, which was uh, a little... It was odd to see, mm-hmm. though we've seen some of that in the past. Expectations through the roof. And then you got all these freshmen coming in. How do they fit in? And, and out of that group of five freshmen, who do you think has the best chance to get real minutes this year for the Hawks? You know, the great thing that happened this week is it kind of a decision was taken out of Fran's hands. Do you want a redshirt guy? Yeah, because in yeah. basketball, it's not like you can play four games and then we can put the redshirt on you like football. It is. If you play, you're done. And now they've got a free year. So mm-hmm. Frank can tinker a little bit, and I think that's probably a good thing, and put those guys out there in some situations and find out, hey, is Tony Perkins going to be able to help us? Or, or is, is Keegan or Chris Murray going to be able to help us? Is you know, He can do a lot of different things out there uh, and find out if those guys are ready to go. Having said that, I don't want Fran, if I'm uh, – speaking from the Iowa perspective, to go too deep uh, in in trying to get guys minutes just because uh, they deserve minutes or whatever. Because I think Fran's a better coach when he's playing eight, maybe nine guys. Mm -hmm. I just do. I think he's he's more comfortable uh, doing that. So I don't know that I want him to go 10, 11 deep because that seems to be the years that they struggle a little bit more. Hmm. So if that's the case, Tom, who maybe has their minutes shaved down a little bit that as we sit here that we thought that we, you know, he's going to play appreciable minutes, but maybe that's not going to be the case if he goes that way. And I don't disagree with what you're saying, by the way, but who would uh, give I, us a couple I, of names? I think you, you've got your starters and then you've got Joe Toussaint, you've got Jack Nungy, and you've got Patrick McCaffrey. Uh-huh. And that's your eight. And then I kind of lean towards Euless just because I think he can do more, and I think he's you know a little more savvy 
and, and maybe ready for kind of bigger moments, bigger minutes um, right out of the gate and, and can use another ball handler. Um, but I also don't discount maybe like a Keegan Murray who gives you some length mm-hmm. and he can shoot the ball. And uh, you can always use guys with length that can shoot. That is for sure. Tom, we will uh, talk a lot about the Purdue-Iowa game one week from today. So you'll go over to West Lafayette, what, the morning of the game, get up and travel early? I have not uh, made an official decision on that because I I would kind of like to stop by a Exit four in Covington, Indiana. Um, get a meal. You know, I've never been there, but everybody that tells me that comes on says talks about it. The Beef House, right? Is that what it's called? The Beef House. Yeah, yeah the Beef House for the rolls, right? It's the rolls, uh, the apple butter, and the the strawberry jam that they have with it. That uh, just delightful. <laughs> Tom Kakert, so are you. We'll talk to you a week from today. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, guys. Tom com. as we talk a little of Iowa. Uh, Dave Sproul and Iowa State, we're going to focus mostly on basketball with Sproul at about 11.30-ish. Uh, Mitch Holtis, the Kansas City Chiefs, coming off a loss. You didn't think they were going to have one. I didn't think we would. I would utter those words this year, but here we are, and they'll head to Buffalo where it seems too easy. It's a lock. It's a lock as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Mitch Holtis on the Chiefs and their new addition, Le'Veon Bell, when Miller and Condon continue. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.9. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Get right to it. He's the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs, Bills, early Monday night. Four o'clock, Fox has it. Joe Buck will be there, as we once speculated about all weekend. Trent Condon, but the game on the radio. Mitch Holtis will be calling that. Mitch, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Morning, boys. It's actually a Monday afternoon game. I don't yes. know what you did growing up in Canada <laughs> in October. Maybe you're getting ready for the Winnipeg Jet opener. Yes, I was. But as a little kid, we would sneak radios into the school and listen to the World Series. Uh-huh. This is kind of that feeling uh, around Des Moines, like, well, you know, maybe we ought to check out a out of work early because this is a four o'clock start. Our pregame will start at one o'clock wow. locally and three o'clock on the network. So it's kind of that old World Series October feeling. Sneak the radio in school. Mrs. Leonard found my rail radio, flicked me in the head three times, felt like a jackhammer. And uh, she goes, you're not supposed to do this. I'm going to tell your parents. Then she said, who's ahead? <laughs> nice. You know, four, three at bottom of the six. Yeah, nice. cool. I would have liked Mrs. Mrs. Leonard. Blue hair. Yeah. She good. Yeah, well, she had blue hair. Kind of, yeah, she was, yeah, grammar. She was a grammar goddess. She would rip your paper up. Yeah. yeah. I've had, I had my share of those. Mitch, when this, uh, when the schedule came out and it looked ah. as though the bills were legit, and I'm not saying that they're not, but obviously this was one of those games that was circled when it was supposed to take place last night. It has been moved until Monday. Uh, Chiefs coming off a loss, which I wasn't sure we would say this year, as crazy as that sounds. What has, um, so did the Raiders kind of pick up on something Belichick did? Not to confuse the offense, um, but are are the are teams trying to defend the Andy Reid's offense differently? And is Belichick behind that? Actually, I think the 49ers were behind it. They're the ones that really set the blueprint up in Super Bowl Fifty Four uh, because they had a defensive front that was good enough. I mean, just loaded with Pro Bowlers. You look at that front we faced in Super Bowl Fifty Four. 
and they can get a four-man rush. That allows you then to drop seven and then pick your safeties and just basically start them in uh, Ankeny and run them all the way to Fort Dodge. That's that's what it looks like. And when you watch it on video, you're like, God, where are those safeties going? I mean, they're off the screen. So they're forcing you to play underneath football. And uh, quite honestly, the Chiefs, two things, have struggled blocking four guys, which then has to happen from moving forward. And two, then, uh, Mahomes has to start hitting spots. This game, this Monday night's game with Seattle was the same way. Minnesota had them doing the same stuff. Two deep safeties, bailing out, got to hit spots. Uh, Seattle's got zero at half. And then they went to a countermeasure, which was interesting, where they went to, like, backup tight ends, and they put guys against the sidelines. And uh, so we'll see how Andy Reid reacts to this. But I don't know if Buffalo are doing it or not. That's not their M.O. They're more of a Raven kind of, Chiefs kind of approach. They like to blitz, Leslie Frazier. So that remains to be seen if they will do the blueprint of not just Belichick and Gruden, but also the uh, 49ers and the, the Texans tried it. Mitch, a ton of uh, local interest here in the state of Iowa. Of course, we talked about the linebackers Hitchin and Neiman Osemele before his injury from Iowa State. But the Bills have a host of guys, too, in their own right. Micah Hyde, who's been in the league for a long time. A.J. Klein, A.J. Epinesa in his rookie season. Even Ike Bucker out there on that Bills roster. Tons of local interest here, so might be a Monday. You work through uh, work through your lunch and get home early to see this. Micah Hyde. I mean, we got, we're sitting here looking at Hawkeyes, Cyclones, mm. and even though Butker played at uh, Iowa, he's a Cedar Falls kid, so he could have definitely gone to UNI, and he's got a bunch of friends there. He works there in the summer. I have friends at UNI that know him. Uh, so there's just there's an Iowa footprint all over this game. I wish Assembly wouldn't have got hurt. Yeah. I told you how valuable he's been, and quite honestly, that's a blow. The Chiefs have got to compensate. And that's easier said than done. Indeed. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is a Kansas City Chief. Uh, what does he bring to Andy Reid's offense? You know, it's interesting. I think there's more there than meets the eye. Now, this isn't the Le'Veon Bell of 2016 that just crushed us every time he played us. We'd go for a buck fifty at least and dominated that 18-16 Steeler win in the divisional playoffs uh, in 2016. That's not the Le'Veon Bell we're getting. But what we're getting is a guy that's still in that 220-225 range that we really don't have with still some juice. And uh, Daryl Williams is that size, but he's a, you know, he's a plotter. He's a plugger. He's, he's got a role. Uh, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire is 205, 207. You're talking about a middleweight fighter or, uh, you know, uh, and compared to a heavyweight. So the other thing is you get with uh, Le'Veon is the fact that he is adept in the passing game, both as a receiver and a blocker. Think of Andy Reid's screen game and the way they can use him. You don't ask him to be a 1,500-yard rusher. You ask him to be tag-team partner with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and be effective in what he can do. With the deficiencies, deficiencies, or at least the challenges, I shouldn't say deficiencies, challenges on the offensive line, because uh, the Chiefs have more holding calls now than any team in the league going into week six, he actually helps that because he will give you at times an extra offensive lineman. He is that good in pass blocking. So there's more there than just your fantasy team there's some reality impact to have Le'Veon Bell on the team. Won't play Monday afternoon, but after that, he'll help this team win if he can be a good guy in the locker room. Uh, I want to save a couple of minutes for Papa John's. Just real quick, I'm not sure there is such a thing as a good loss, Mitch. It's been a long time since they have lost. It, does this refocus them? Could this be looked back as, uh, you know, that was a good loss when they, they refocused after that Raiders loss? Well, yeah, that remains to be seen. The jury's jury room still uh, shut. But it, it, it could have been, it could be a, 
a worthwhile loss. Uh, losing to those guys is never good. You're losing right. the division, division game at home, yep. which is like the double hickey. But uh, I do think it's a bit of a wake-up call. Not that the Chiefs weren't ready to play that game, but I think in the case, too, we didn't look to the other side. Big plays, 72, mm-hmm. 59, 46, 43, and 42 given up. Wow. I mean, that's that's a month's worth of big plays. And so I think for the defense, Spags looking at possible predictability of his blitzes because Gruden got what he wanted. He got one-on-one with Ruggs against uh, Shavarius Ward, uh, and so they were able to hit the deep third of the defense. If anything, it's that wake-up call because the Bills and Josh Allen can certainly certainly do that. They'll hit you deep if they can. Yeah, I didn't know if Derek Carr had it in him, but he did that day. So let's talk about Papa John's in her final 90 yes. seconds here, Mitch Holtis. What's going on over there with the well, Dolphins? Yeah, and long live the Winnipeg Jets, right? Come Indeed. on. Indeed. Uh, raise the pizza. Uh, and, hey, Monday afternoon, this sounds good. Like, I'm going to give everybody uh, shortened periods at work on Monday. Get off maybe a little bit early or at least mentally check out and get your pizza. Uh, big weekend for pizza, too, but um, cyclones are rolling. But this, these JDRF specials are really good. I mean, they got this five-topping special that would be good even without the JDRF special. But with Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, Iowa does such a great job in that regard. And leading the way in many cases are the Donaldsons of Papa John's. Not only get the pizza special, they will make a donation from your purchase to JDRF. So do it while you can. Go online. You can check it out at the JDRF1799 is your online code. Well, we'll talk to you next week. I used to enjoy Broncos Chiefs Week a whole lot more than I have this last few years, Mitch Holtis. But we'll talk to you in a week's time. Thank you. Well, and I just, you know, I'm just, I'm going to watch highlights of the Jets and the, uh, the Winnipeg Jets and the Maple Leafs. That's Attaboy. what I'll do now. I got you. Enjoy it. See you, Mitch. Talk to you next week. Yeah. Good to talk to you. Mitch Holtz is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Bama Bob, Trent, and I are going to start off Hour 2 going around college football. 1460, 106.